0: Uh, let's get started with a word of prayer, and we'll get into into class. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings you give us, and we thank you for the opportunity we have to come together and and to worship you, to to study your word, and to just learn more about you. And hopefully, you'll allow us to learn and take what we take what we learn to go out to the world, Lord. And even though it's it's virtual or or, or remote. Over our live stream, Lord, I just thank you for the technology and the ability we have to, to do this, God. I Just ask that you be with us as we're going through these times still, Lord, and just be with those who uh, have this virus. We just ask that you allow them to uh, recover quickly and to get back to their normal health, and we also ask that you allow this virus to to, to fizzle out quickly, to go away, and allow us to get back to somewhat of our, our normal lives, Lord, and but uh, allow us to use this as a, as a reason as to why we need to even be more passionate about you and, and bringing others to Christ Lord ask us that you be with us as we go through this class and in Christ let we pray amen <clears throat> all right real quick, let me get a drink of water real quick uh first thing I want to do is just welcome everyone uh who's on our live stream we really appreciate you uh coming in and and or logging in and, and watching us and, and taking the opportunity to to view us on here. We're in the middle of a um, series called Dangerous Prayers. And, and what i want to do for those who may not have uh, gone through the previous ones, I'm going to do a real quick um, review, and we'll go through these. The first one we did was the first prayer was Make Me Bold. And the idea around the Make Me Bold prayer is a lot of times we say the prayer of guide, guard, direct us, protect us, those, those type of things. And the idea around this prayer is to, um, is it, for us to, in the, in the face of opposition, to instead of saying, God, protect me, keep me safe, um, the idea here is, Lord, you know, protect me and give me the courage to go out and face this opposition and to, to look at these things and and to do this, y'all have to give me a second real quick. My my slide's not wanting to change. It's throwing me an error message. Uh, give me just a second here. I love technology, but sometimes it just don't want to act right. Keeps me employed, I guess. Try this again. Robbie, I'm going to need your or Kyle, I'm going to need y'all to, I'll give you the cue when to transition to the next one. For some reason, it's not wanting to uh, change slides on me, so you'll go to the next one for me, if you don't mind. should say review. All right, good deal. <laughs> this is going to be fun. All right, all right, sorry about that. So the first one we were looking at was Make Me Bold. The next one was Speak to Me, Lord, which, and the idea around that was that we were to pause. And instead of us being the ones who talk or pray all the time to God and we're constantly just continuously talking to God, it's to slow down and stop and let Him speak to us and, and, and speak into our hearts. The second one, or the third one, I'm sorry, was break my heart. And the idea around that, that prayer is for us to pray a prayer where the things that break God's heart, the things that upset Him, the things that bother Him, is we, we we take those things and those those break our hearts as well. So that way we have the same passion and, and the things that bother God bother us as well. Last week we looked at search me and the idea around that was the prayer of search me, O Lord. Basically look into my heart and see the, you know expose and, and see the show me the things that offend offend you. And the idea around that is God can show us what offends us or offends him and and the things we should not be doing, and we can work on those things and and improve ourselves. Now, this week, the prayer we're going to look at is probably going to be the hardest prayer that anyone would want to pray. Of all these, there's going to be one more next week of all the six that we're looking at. That one's probably going to be the hardest, or this one is going to be the hardest prayer um, that we have to pray. I'm going to be honest with you, it's the most difficult. Some of you will probably, once I get done with this, like, you know what? I'm not praying that prayer. That, that's a hard prayer. And, and, you know, that's probably, there's a good reason behind that. You can't blame some people for not wanting to pray this prayer. But the prayer that we're going to look at today, and I, and I kind of gave you a sneak peek into it last week, is break me. Go ahead. And the idea around is is we're going to look at two different stories in the Bible here of the idea of, of breaking. Um, something or someone, and they're actually side by side, they're in the same chapter, and and we're going to look at it. And the first one is about a prostitute. (coughs) In this day, a prostitute was the lowest of the low, and even in today's world, prostitutes are not looked on as a high-class type person. Um, The Prostitutes and tax collectors were kind of the lowest of the low in... Uh, this this world at the time. And what's funny is if you go back and look at a lot of the stories in the Bible, a lot of, uh, of his interactions were <clears throat> with prostitutes and tax collectors and the lowest of the lows. A lot of Jesus' stories are not around him hanging out with the most popular uh, people of the time. So um, now you can go back. Will you bring me the clicker so I can do this? Thank you. I've started thinking about that. Nice to have backup plans. Thank you. All right. So this uh, this prostitute in this particular story, she met someone who showed her such great great love that she was actually willing to give up her lifestyle and show that to God. And we're going to look at how that this story uh, plays out. And I hope sometimes that when when people who we might consider to be on the on the lower end, or, or the, a great sin, or something. When when they come around, hopefully we show this same kind of love and and compassion and and reaction to to people like this. So what we're going to look at is we're going to look at Mark fourteen verses three through four. It says while he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper. Again, and I'll stop here because again this is this is interesting. So he's Again, hanging out with the lowest of the low. The leper was, you know, they, they were so contagious that they were, they, were, you know, they were made to force in their own colonies, and they weren't allowed to come around, and, and if someone came close to them, they actually had to scream out that they were unclean, that they were a leper. So you have Jesus hanging out with a leper, and or hanging out, eating with a leper, and at this home where they're eating out um, is a prostitute, and, she, and a woman came from an, with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume. And I'm going to kind of go in on this perfume real quick. When they say very expensive, it wasn't that it was, you know, a couple hundred dollars in our terms or, you know, a, a, you know maybe a week's pay back then. And if you go back and look in Luke and his account, he actually talks about that this perfume was worth a year's wage. And if you calculate that in today's terms, the average yearly wage for someone in the United States is $60,000. So this was a bottle of perfume that would have been worth, in our day and age, right at probably around $60,000. And this is what she does. And, and I've highlighted some words in here for, on purpose. So she broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Now here's, here's the thing about this perfume as a prostitute back then not everyone like we do nowadays everyone gets dressed up we all wear our cologne or our perfumes or you know our makeup and and those type of things back in this day our perfumes were very expensive things and people did not have them you know just to, to use on a daily basis a prostitute in this day and age would have used this perfume this was her means of living for the most part. To, to say. This is the way she did business because what she would do is she would put this perfume on and when she put this perfume on, that let other people, the other men, know who she was and that she was available. So if you look at what she's doing here, she's taking this jar that's her livelihood and she is breaking it and pouring it out on Christ. Now, part of this is to anoint him for what is about to happen to him, but there's some other things here that we're going to look at. But it's a side note, and you know, if you continue into verse four, it says some of these, um, some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, "Why the waste of this perfume?" They were furious. This woman came in and, and took something that was worth a lot of money in that day and age. She broke it. And then poured it out on Christ. And there's two things that were represented here that she was doing. And there's two things that it represented. One, this represented her past. And two, it also represented her future. From her past, she was taking what was her sinful lifestyle and what what she would use to to, sur- to survive and to, to live the life that she was living. And she was breaking that, and she poured it out on Christ. She was giving it to Christ in a sense of I am leaving what I do. I'm getting rid of my livelihood. And it then also represents her future of she was giving everything to Christ and what she was, and she was giving that up. So she's coming in. She's, she's breaking that that you know, she could have just opened it and poured a little bit out, right? But you know, the Bible records this, and if you read the whole chapter, the Bible records about what she did and that it would be that it that that would be talked about from now on when this story was told. And it is to this day, we're talking about it. It's in the Bible, forever or more, it's going to be in there. And so she, you know, like I said, she could have just opened the thing and she could have poured it out, but no, she broke it. Meaning she broke this thing and so everything that was in it was poured out onto Christ. And so if we look a little bit further and then go to the next story, it's in the same chapter, but this time it's Christ. If we look at Matthew 14, through 24, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and we had given thanks. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said, "This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many." He said to them. So, if you if you go back and look, what 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 did what did Christ talk about here? He talked about he broke it. He broke the bread. And then it was poured out for many. What I love about this is if you look in Luke's account, in Luke 22, 19, he says, And he took bread, gave and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So here's where I'm going to ask a question. So it's the same Thank God, he, he is broken. Right, the bread that we look at, that we take, and, and we do, that he symbolizes him is symbolizes of him being broken. So he's broken, and then his blood is poured out. If you look at verse twenty-four, it says poured out for many. But if we go to Luke's account, like I said, there it says, "This is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me." What is the do this? We have a couple people here. Supper. The Lord's Supper, right? I me, get to that. So as Christians, this is one of the things we do after you know, as one of our symbolisms that we've been commanded to do is to remember Christ through communion. And that is, we we take the bread which represents his body that was broken for us. We take the grape juice or the fruit of the vine, which represents his blood that was shed, that was poured out for us. And so no scholar, or all scholars agree that that is what that means. To do this is what this means. There are some scholars who believe that he is actually talking about more than that. More than just the doing the communion. And the idea is, it's more than just coming together and taking part of the fruit of the vine and the bread and, and doing those things. And there's, there's a reason why they think that this. They think some of the, 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 the he's meaning that the meaning goes deeper than do this. And the idea is that we are to do the same thing that he did. And that is to allow ourselves to be broken and poured out for others and for ourselves and for him. Right? Our idea is that we are to be Christ-like, Right? So if we are to be as like Christ, then the thought is that we should do some of the same or should do the same things that that Christ did and that he was willing to sacrifice himself. For now, we can't go we're not in a position where we can go and actually sacrifice ourselves on a cross for other people for their sins. But the the different thing is, I think there's a reason why the Bible has this story about her breaking and pouring out this very expensive perfume. It was it was a foretelling of what christ was about to do but i think there's a deeper meaning to this and i think that we even need to look at that as a way of you know we sometimes we need to be broken in order to be effective and to be able to pour ourselves out for christ as well and if you look in philippians 2 17 paul talks about that a little bit he says but even if i am poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith i rejoice and share my joy with you all. So he, he kind of goes and talks about that, that same thing there of pu- being poured out for others. But there's a lot of things we don't like the idea. The idea of being broken, we don't like that. One, it's painful. And two, it, it shows a weakness sometimes. If we show other people that we are broken, right? That we, that we need fixed. You know, because we don't like for people to think that we are weak. It's a human nature type thing. We don't want other people to think that, well, I can't do this or I'm not good enough. Or, you know, we, we don't like to show, especially the, the, the male side of thing, right? Men, you know, we don't like to show weakness. We, we want to show that we're strong and that we can, we can handle everything and that we're not, you know, we're not going to break down. We're going we're gonna to fight through and, and battle through. And, and there's some good things around that. But here's the, the ultimate thing that we can... Oh, go ahead, Steve. Sometimes God breaks us so that he can remake us the way he needs us to be. Yes. It's not, it's not fun. Nope. It's not easy. It's definitely not pleasant. <laughs> but, you know, God sees things in our lives. He says, you know what? I need you to move in a different direction. Yep. And sorry, gonna be painful, but... Come to the other side, and you reflect on what you were and what you are now. You're like, ah, oh, okay, mm-hmm. now I see it. So I'm going to repeat that a little bit. So to sum up, what Steve just said was basically God breaks us to to make us into what we need to be, and we're going to actually talk about that here here in a second. And and this is where I, I want to point out that we like to be strong. We like to not show that weakness. But I loved one of the quotes that was in here. It says. We can impress people with our strengths, which we can, right? We do that as the church sometimes or as a Christian. We, we show that we're strong Christian people. You know, well, you need to be like me so you can, you know, you can move past your weaknesses and stuff like that. But here's the thing. We can impress people with our strengths, but you are going to connect through and win people through your weakness and your brokenness. I'm going to repeat that. You can impress people with your strengths, or our strengths. But you're going to connect through your weaknesses and your brokennesses. And, and think about that for a minute. If you have someone up here who's given a sermon or a lesson, and, and I think sometimes, I'm going to brag on Dad, I like to. Um, <laughs> I, I think sometimes this is why Dad is, is more relatable than sometimes you see with, with other preachers. Because you sometimes see a lot of preachers, and this isn't just Church of Christ, this is across the board that they'll, they, they, they put on an air of a kind of a holier-than-thou, not holier-than-thou, but a holy person, right? I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very connected to God. I'm closer to God. I'm up here. And, and I've seen that a lot. Not all preachers, but I've, I've seen that, right? And so as a, a person out in the audience, if you have a preacher like that or someone who's like that or even a person in general who's like that, it's hard. You can be impressed with that person. Wow, that person does a really good job. You know, sometimes it makes you feel inferior because it's like, man, I wish I could be like that. But if you have someone who gets up there and they let you know, hey, look, these are my weaknesses, and they talk about those weaknesses, and say, look, look I'm just as imperfect as you are, if not worse than some of you out there, right? You can connect with that. You can say, hey, you know what? Even my preacher, he he goes through and struggles with these things. And, and so I think that's why you, sometimes you see the the... People can relate more to Dad sometimes because he he does, you know, kind of show that you know he's not perfect and that he he's just has just as many sinfulness as as some of the other ones out there. So I think this is a great learning opportunity for us here. You know, we can try to show off and we can try to be. You know, I'm not not saying that we shouldn't try to be holy, right? I mean, that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be more like Christ. But we, we don't need to do it in a way, and I think I've probably talked about this two or three weeks in a row, but I think this is important, especially for growing the church, is if we're going to connect with people and we're going to bring people in, we've got to be able to show them, look, I used to live that lifestyle. You know, I've been there. I've done that. You know, If we go around acting like, well, I've never done that, or I wouldn't do anything like that, or I can't believe you do that, then, then we push people away. But if we show people, look, I'm broken. I was broken at one time, too or I'm still broken, i still struggle with these things. You're going to be able to connect and, and, and show someone. I, I, I think about this, and most of y'all know mine and Helen's story. I'm not going to go into the details about it. But, you know, one of the things when we were young and we had to go forward, I'll be honest with you, when we were going forward, my biggest fear was what the people of the church were going to say about me. That was my biggest fear. And it shouldn't have been, and I don't think anyone should ever... But what was wonderful about that whole experience was we didn't get what I expected was people were going to come to us and be like, oh, you knew better. You shouldn't have done this, blah, blah, blah. What was funny was all the people who come forward and said, yeah, we were in the same boat. you know. And, and at that point, from that time on, I no longer had that fear of, oh, man, I messed up, and now everyone's going to attack me or they're going to be talking about me. It was when we were going through that, it was, Wow, there's a bunch of people around us who've gone through this exact same thing. We're not the only ones to have messed up. And and you can be redeemed for for doing that. So, I think this is one of those areas that we need to be very careful about how we approach things and ensure that, you know, obviously we don't brag about our weaknesses and we don't go around saying, "Oh, look, I'm I do these things too." But we can relate to people who are on the outside and saying, "Look, I used to do this stuff. I used to be just like this. You can turn from this. I can help you." You know, those type of things. So, and, and with all that, and with all those things, and this is going to go to what Steve just said, life's greatest breakings often lead to God's greatest blessings. And, and this is the truth. And, and I'm going to kind of point, uh, let's see, I've got a few minutes, yeah. I'm going to hit a couple things. I, I, as, as I was going through this, I tried to think of the two times in my, or the times in my life where I felt the most broken. And so I, tried, I thought, well, as I was thinking through it, I just stuck with the first time and the last time. I mean, there's probably many times where I felt broken. But the first one was when I was in about eighth grade, and my best friend committed suicide. We were in West Virginia, and we got called back to, to Kansas at the time. Um, a friend of mine got in a fight with his mom. Didn't go well. She said some things, and he decided to end his life. You know, you get back in your eighth grade, you don't really know how to handle that. Um, I, we got back, we went through the funeral and all that stuff, and the one thing I remember more than anything is I went, and after the funeral was over, I'd been up for like 24 hours, I hadn't slept, and me and him were good fishing buddies. And I remember just sitting there for uh, for several hours asking God why he allowed that to happen. And I still don't know the answer to that this day. But I do know that there was a ton of good that came out of that. I I look back and there's friends that I'll always have that all of us went through that situation together. And I I think about it. And I didn't think it would get to me this bad. (laughs) Um, but I look at the blessings that come out of it, right? I look at people who are where they are today because of uh, that happening. There's things that, um, around suicide, that I've changed my my view and my my thinking on a whole lot because of that. There were people who came to Christ because of that. So there's a lot of good that, that came out of that breaking of that. The last uh, one, which hopefully will be a little bit easier to talk about, was, um, as most a lot of y'all know, the last, about five, six years ago, I started having a, some crazy heart problems. You know, I would be standing, I mean, one time we were in the middle of church, I was giving communion, and I just about passed out against the wall. But my heart rate would just, for some no unknown reason, just take off and get into the 150s and the 160s and, and just t- go and, and take off. And, when you have something like that that happens and sends you to the ER like four or five times and you have no control over it and you cannot figure it out, you feel extremely broken because you cannot figure it out. The doctors can't tell you what's going on with you. All they know is that for some reason your heart rate just continues to go up for no reason and your blood pressure goes up while you're standing still. So it feels like you're running a marathon when you're sitting in a chair. And it was a scary, it was a scary time. It was a scary instance. I, I can be honest with you. Um, you almost go crazy because you you just can't figure out what's what's going on with you. Come to find out it was a medicine I was allergic to that I was taking at the time, but it took us a long time to figure that out. And I I will honestly say during that time I was more dependent on not only God, but Helen and and my family at that time because when you're you're going through all this stuff, you're having surgeries, you're having, I mean, they did, uh, I forget what it's called where they go up and, Heart catheterization, thank you. And, and those type of things, you're scared to death. And so you're reliant on God. But one, the one thing is you you go back and you I look at this and I look at some of this stuff and you see what happened. During that time, you come out the other side of that, you are more reliant on God when you go through those things than, than any time in your life. And because it forces you to almost. And, and we're going to look at that. You have two options when this happens. But those breakings on the other end of it lead to be the, some of the, the greatest blessings. Now, mine, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people out there who probably go, have gone through a whole lot worse, and their breakings have been a whole lot worse than mine. But, it, but there's all these things. You see all these breakings, and I, I don't think there's anything in this that should we should expect anything different from our lives because if you look at the people in the Bible, and I just put three up there. I could have put probably 50 names up here. But you look at what God, how God had to break all these people in the Bible from the begin, very beginning to the very end. And, and I just put these three because these are kind of the area that I was in. Peter, you know, Peter denies Christ. He breaks completely, right? You know, he breaks completely. And, you know, because he was talking about how he was going to stick up for Jesus. He was going to, you know, he was, you know, was going to die with Jesus if he had to. And then... A few minutes later, he's running around denying him, almost even yelling and screaming at people, you know, talking about how he doesn't know who this is. And then, so he breaks, but then he turns around, and he's the one who leads the, the sermon on the day of Pentecost and leads the start of the church. You look at Paul and the breakings that Paul went through continuously in, in, in his ministry. You look at John and, and him continuously being and broken. And then you can go back through the Old Testament. David, how many times he was broken you, you know, he's a man after God's own heart, and, and he still did things, and God broke him and, and brought him back around. And so you look at all these people who were broken in the Bible, and, and we can continue on. You've got Noah, you've got Mo, I mean, all these, these, these main characters in the Bible who, who were broken on, on a consistent basis. And every single one of them had two options, and so do we. When we break, or when God breaks us, we can either run to God or we can run from God. We saw what happened to Noah when he tried to run from God. I'm sorry, Jonah, thank you. <laughs> when he ran from God, God corrected him and put him back on the same, same path. But there are some of us who, you know, we have the option we can run to God when, we, when in times are breaking or we can run from God. And I, I've seen both cases. I've seen people who, when they've been broken and when things have broken, They've run to God, and, and, you know, it's hard, and they've been through a lot, but they come out the other end closer and, and a better Christian and and more on fire. But then I've also seen people who've run from God in the same exact situation. And you look at their lives now, and they're a complete mess. And, and so you have those two options, and that's the, God gives us those options. And this is not—I'm going to call this—this this is Christianity 101, Right? You do not have to be you know, a preacher with masters and doctorates and, and been a Christian for 30 years to, to, to be able to pray this prayer, of break me and, 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 and bring me closer to you. This is what Christianity really is about. This is, this, this is Christianity 101 and the fact that we are to break ourselves and come to Christ. But we see that in, and I don't have the verses up here, but we are to die to self, we are to give up our lives, and so a lot of the times it's with the the basics of Christianity. It's we are broken before we even get to the point. God breaks us before we even get to the point of becoming a Christian, because that's you know, that may be that thing that 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 triggers us and says, you know what, I need to to get my life right with, with Christ. So the idea around that is, you know. We give our lives to Christ. He is to break our bodies. He is to break our, me of my sin, break me of me, of who I am, of the things that I want to do so I can serve you. And that's the, what I said here. The gospel is an invitation to come and die. We are to come to Christ, to give our lives up for Him. And that goes to the whole point. You know, if you go back to this prostitute at the time, you know she came she had someone who showed her such great love and compassion that she was willing to come to Christ she broke her livelihood that jar that allowed her to, to do her job and she poured it all out on Christ and gave it all up for him now there's other several other symbolisms in that of why that was was happening but she she poured that out and then it goes to the same thing for Christ Jesus came down he was a per, or is still A perfect person, being God, He comes down to Earth and and becomes a human. He lowers Himself to who we are, and He allows Himself to be broken, to be beaten, and to for His blood to be poured out for us, so that we can then come to Him. So I think you know when we when we do this, the the communion. I don't remember if it's how it's written. Remembrance of me, right? I, some of them will say, do this in remembrance of me. But when, we, when we're taking this communion and, and, we're, and we're doing this thing, it's not just, at least to me, I, I agree with some of what some of the scholars say, it's not just us remembering what Christ did for us. It is. I mean, that's a very important thing. We're commanded. You see several examples of it. But it's, beyond, it's more than that. It's that we are to be that same example. We are allowed We are to allow God to break us so that we can then be poured out for him to do the things that he has asked us to do and be the people that we are asked to be. Because there's a lot of things that get in our way that we need to break or we need to allow to break us. And and, and I don't have time to go into a lot of them, but but as I was going through this and and two of the, the points that was at the end, of this chapter. I forget. I can't change. Are we partially devoted or are we fully devoted as Christians? Are we partially devoted Christians or are we fully devoted Christians? I think there's a lot of us out there who are are fully devoted. You know, we 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 give our lives to Christ, we do what we can to try to convert others. But then I think we have a lot of people in the church today. And we see this, if we look at all the statistics, we know this, that they're partially devoted, right? They're, Christ is for them, they're for Christ when it's convenient for them. They go to church when it's convenient for them. We do the things of being a Christian that's convenient for us. We check off our boxes and make sure that we went to church three times a week, maybe four, depending on, you know, how fanatical we are. But we do those things, and then that's, that's it. We're, we're kind of partially devoted. We, we we have the appearance of doing it, and we make sure we check our boxes, but we really aren't fully devoted. And so my, my thing is here, is if you're this partially, you know, even if you're the fully devoted, but especially if you're the partially devoted one, then I, then I think this is a prayer you need to pray. Because Christ broke himself for you. And if you only show a partial devotion, you give kind of the minimal or the half, you know, of what I can give to Christ or or what I can, can do back, or I put a lot of other things in front of that that I put more important than, than my life with Christ, then I think, we, you know, we need this brokenness. We need to be broken in order to become closer to God because the more you become closer to God, the more you realize that you need him. So here's my thought because I know there's a lot of people who, you know, obviously the idea is, if you're partially devoted, even if you're fully devoted, we don't want God to do it. We don't want to pray a prayer of God, come in and just destroy me, right? <laughs> no one no one really wants to pray that. No one wants to 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 look at the so the idea is going to build on last week's prayer. So last week we we prayed the prayer of search me, right? Search my heart and show me the things that you, you know, are are offensive to you. And so let's start here. Instead of just saying, Lord, break my life and just, you know, totally bring me down and, and bring me closer to you. How about we start here and say, you know what, Lord, pray the prayer of search me and find those things that's in your heart that, or, that you do, or that's your sin or that is your stumbling block, and then pray the prayer of God, break me of this sin. Now, some some sins, it may be an easy way of, there may be an easy way of breaking you from from whatever that is. Other ones. May not be so. But I think if we can start here and say, hey, look, God, I want you to search me. I want you to find what's in me that, that is offensive to you, that is holding me back and keeping me from being closer to you. And I want you to help break me of that. And I think if you start on a, on a smaller level, it'll be maybe not as painful and, and not as hard uh, to go through. And and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things we could look at. It could be pride. It could be lust. It could be materialism. That's weak. Expose me, Expose me, right? Yeah. Expose me. And, and that, can, that can be hard because, you know, we want, we don't mind so much being exposed to ourselves, right? But if that exposure involves us being exposed to other people, well, that's where the little, the breaking gets harder because there's that breaking of, you know, well, so-and-so did that. And this is where it's important for us to, to, as a church, and I meant to say this earlier on, um, but maybe it worked out good here. We need to be a church of broken people. Because if we are a church of broken people, we are going to pull together and we are going to get closer and we are going to work better together because we all know that we're all broken. We can we can get closer in that brokenness, right? Now, I'm not saying we glorify the brokenness and say oh it's okay but for so long we have tried i think so hard to to prove that we that we're christians and we don't do any of this stuff and we're in we're we're up here that that we've pushed a lot of people away that we might could bring closer back if we if we we did that, dad in georgia we met a guy about jogging yes Helen, and i used to jog (laughs) um he was in the military and um we got talking to him and everything and and started inviting the church and, and um, he began to come and after a few services he came up to me and said what I really like about this church is that it's not full of good people and I asked him what he meant by that and he said he's visited other churches before and he realized he was a sinner but he'd go in these churches and get this idea that he was the only sinner there <laughs> and he just fell out of place and he, and he said here I see people struggling with their sin and being honest about it. And, and so as a result of that, we were able to convert him and his wife and then later on his daughter. Yeah. I can't repeat that. <laughs> but, but but basically, it, this sums up to the point of, you know, if we show people, if people come in here or visiting from the outside, right, and and especially, like, we talked about this in, in some of our other classes, we now live in a society where people who come in, they may step in, and this is their first time stepping into a church. You know or hearing about God really besides what they hear on in the media or or someone else in and so if they can come in and say, you know what man these people really you know that we can show them some of our weaknesses and say, look you know what we went through the same thing you know and maybe that's sometimes why God breaks us God will can break us through things so then that way we can use them to help other people who are broken as well and so that that's my whole thing is I want to make sure and I think we do a good job of it of it here but I, I think it's the churches in general, we need to do a better job of when people walk through that door that we are welcoming them no matter what, you know whatever whatever no matter what life circumstances is throwing them, no matter who they are. and we we show them the love of Christ and we help them become a Christian by showing them, look, you know man, I used to do some of these same things. I used to live in this this same way. I used to, to be this person as well. And now, look, you know, I was able to get past it. Yeah, I still struggle with these things. I haven't conquered them, right? You know, there's some things in people's lives that they're going to struggle with their entire life. But if you can show someone that, hey, I can I can overcome this through Jesus, you can overcome this through too, and then we can break, I think, some of that cycle of what Dad was just talking about. You know, some people walk into a church building and it's like, well, I'm the only person in here who's a sinner. Everyone else is perfect. You know, we we need to make sure we don't put off that that appearance, and that um. And and just that that feel of of when people come in, and the other idea too is we need to be out there, not just in here, uh, showing that we need to show that to people out in the world that look, you know, I used to be this way, and and you can be this way too, and I think, that's what this next lesson's um, going to to bring us into. So, that's our our, our three of the this kind of split into two sections of three. The first one, search me find what's offensive in me, break me, break me of those sins, break me personally if you have to, to get me through this or to bring me closer to you. And then the last one's going to be, send me. And the idea around that is for God to send us out, send me out to do your will, to do the things that I'm supposed to do to bring others to Christ. Sorry, I forget that. Because that's probably going to be one of our our hardest. Well, I say our hardest ones. I, I, honestly, sometimes I wonder. I think the send me is harder than some of the other prayers that we pray. And the reason I say that is because you know if you look at statistics, only two percent of the church. When I say the church, is Christianity. The polls they do. Only two percent of the church is actually active in evangelism, trying to bring people to Christ. And in the, the polls they did, is, you know. They've asked, in a a year's time, how many have actually invited someone to come to church? Just come to church. And it was 2%. And and so I think this is when we definitely need to be praying because we can do all the other ones, all five of the ones we've talked about before, but if we're not actually going out, out allowing God to send us out and bring people to Christ, then all the other stuff's pointless. Because that's our ultimate mission and ultimate goal is to, to bring people and to convert people to Christ. So so next week we will look at Send Me, and then uh, we'll stop there. I'm not sure what series we'll get into after that, but we'll uh, we'll get into it and look at it. That is all I've got for today. Thank you for joining us. We'll, uh, worship will be live here in about uh, 15 minutes. Thank you.